there, my friends. Today I wanted to talk with you a little bit about guilt and importantly give you some strategies to help you stop feeling guilty. Now before we get started on any kind of strategies, let's talk about guilt for just a moment. A certain amount of guilt is fine. A certain amount of guilt will keep you from repeating mistakes. It really checks us, right? It keeps us from doing things that we shouldn't be doing. So, I mean, a certain amount of guilt is fine. It is the reason that I never stole another candy bar after I stole one when I was 11 years old. There was so much guilt involved in doing that little illegal activity that it was it for me. I didn't like feeling like that. I didn't like the guilt that I felt. The other thing is that guilt often comes with shame, and I didn't like the shame that I felt when I had to tell my mother about the candy bar incident. So a certain amount of guilt and even a certain amount of shame are fine when they're self-correcting, when they keep us on track and remind us of how we want to behave. They keep our values intact. So a certain amount of guilt is fine. And that is not what I'm talking about today. I'm talking about the kind of guilt like shame, that covers you. It winds up covering you in layers of guilt that weigh you down. And over time, they really wreak havoc in your life. Too much guilt will literally keep you from living out your destiny because you can't be your best. You are not going to step up and step out and be the best version of yourself if you're feeling guilty. Because if you're living with a lot of guilt, that means your self-worth is low. Your confidence is eroded. Your value, perhaps even just your value as a human being, can really be at disastrously low levels when we have guilt involved. So I call it the guilt trip, by the way. Now think about the trips that you've taken. And I'm talking about real trips. I've taken trips around many of the United States. I think I'm up to about 36 states. And I've been to Puerto Rico and many trips to Hawaii. I realize Hawaii is one of the 50 states, but it kind of seems like its own place, doesn't it? Its own country. And um, Canada, Mexico, England and France. A lot of different vacations that I've taken and trips I've been on and even trips that didn't take me quite as far as those that I just mentioned. They were all really great. And each one of them had so many wonderful memories. Those kind of trips are great to recall. Isn't it fun to show pictures and tell people about different interesting or funny or exciting things that happened on these trips? Those kind of trips are healthy to remember. But think about it. As amazing as they are, you don't spend all of your time thinking about them, right? They only come up on occasion. Maybe when somebody's talking about a certain destination and it reminds you of something about a trip you took or a funny or interesting story and it helps you to recall and you share an experience from a trip you took. Those flashbacks are great because as I said, they're not in the forefront of your mind. However, the guilt trip is quite different. The guilt trip will be in the forefront of your mind constantly. And even if you're not consciously thinking about this guilt, it is there. It is constantly there in your subconscious thoughts It affects your feelings. It affects how you think and feel about yourself. 
No doubt it affects your attitude, the words that come out of your mouth, and even the actions you take or you choose not to take. Guilt. Listen, as I said, it was really, this is really kind of funny. When I was a kid, I used to tell people, I have a guilty conscience. That's why I can't do bad things. I have a guilty conscience. Now, I had a little period of a, a little lapse there in judgment when I was a teenager where I did all sorts of bad things. But in general, I do definitely have a, a healthy dose of that guilty conscience, as I called it as a kid. I really do think that it's somehow I'm in tune to my my spirit and God speaking to me in my gut because it's it reminds me of another time when I was going down. We called it the little store. Actually, the name of the store was the little store. And some of you might be old enough to remember Penny Candy. Yes, my friends, there was candy that actually cost a penny. And so we'd get a few cents and we'd go pick out a few pieces of penny candy at the store, at the little store. This one time I had, I don't know how much money it cost back then, but I had more than just a, a five cents, whatever it was back then. I was able to buy a candy bar and I was on my own and I, I walked back from the store I was five years old, but back then it seemed safe to walk down the block around the corner to the little store. But anyway, so I'm walking home and I'm maybe three houses down and I tore into that candy bar and I dumped the paper on the ground and I didn't get one or two houses more down that road when I had to turn around and go back and pick up that paper because I felt so guilty for littering. So as I said, those kind of guilt um, feelings are healthy. They're good. They're helpful. But the guilt that you know, if I had let myself feel guilty about that forever, wouldn't that, wouldn't that have been sort of ridiculous? But that's what some of you are doing. You're taking some guilt from something you did or said or didn't do or, you know, didn't come through on something that happened decades ago and you're still carrying it around. Some of you are even carrying around guilt for somebody else. And that's what I did. I carried around my daughter's addiction guilt for the better part of 13 years. And during some of those 13 years where I was riding my roller coaster from hell, I didn't even know that she was addicted to drugs. That didn't come out until a few years later. But because the smartest person I knew was crashing, I mean, she was on a freight train headed toward a brick wall, making crazy, crazy decisions. And, you know, she stopped school at the age of 16 and I could not get her back to school. I became a homeschool teacher, by the way. And my illustrious career as a homeschool teacher lasted all of about, you know, five minutes once I was certified and had the Jamie take the test because she scored at college level at the age of 16 in every subject except for math. And that was, you know, high enough. It was at her level. So, yeah, that was the end of that one. And um, but I felt guilty because I couldn't figure out, you know, I figured out, figured it must have been because I married Rich when Jamie was 12. Because why at 15 would she stop going to youth group and hanging around with her friends? She was, by the way, very popular. She was very athletic. She quit sports. Um, she just she just changed. It was unbelievable. And I just, I, you know, I, all of my partying years and everything I did back in the day, when I wanted to quit something, I just stopped. I never had a problem. I never had an issue or it wasn't hard for me. So I never even really thought about addiction initially. I just thought she was being a bonehead. And then she had met this guy, and he lived in a very, very different part of, well, wasn't even our town, a different town than we lived in, and in a different world completely. And she made her way into this world away from our safe, comfortable suburban life, and it was just bizarre and shocking. And 
And I couldn't figure it out. You know, did I not love her enough? Was it because I got divorced? Was it because her dad was in addiction and he had, you know, many years of, of not being as present as he could be? I mean, I'm digging. I'm digging deep trying to find, oh, it was that one time I said this or did that. I was picking myself apart, trying so hard to come up with a reason that she was acting this way. And then, of course, when I found out later that she was addicted to drugs and, oh, by the way, that boyfriend shot her when she was 18 and it was a near fatal gunshot wound. And, you know, so as I'm laying there in, in the family, uh, they had this family room and I was laying on one of these little couches there overnight next to the ICU trying to figure out how in the world my life came to this. I piled on more guilt. I mean, I literally kept going through the list at nauseam trying to figure out what I did because somehow, I mean, let's think about it. Even if it was something that I had done to cause her addiction, which I know that it wasn't, even if I had, could I have changed it? Can you change whatever it is that you're feeling guilty about? You can't go back and change the past. We all know that. It's impossible. And so that was just kind of foolish of me, right? I mean, I don't know even know what I was thinking, but it's just so terrifying and confusing and it didn't fit with the way that Jamie was, who I knew her to be. The talent, the abilities. I mean, this girl was so gifted and had it all. None of it made any sense. So I spent a lot of time in guilt. And I think some of you can relate to this. And obviously your situation is quite different from mine. But I'll bet you can really relate to this where you're just you're hanging on to this guilt. And, you know, it what it, it just is eating away at your self-worth. You know, it's, it's helping that shame to stay intact. However, this guilt appeared in your life, whether it really was through something you did or it was something that someone else did and you really have no valid reason to even feel guilty. However, this guilt showed up on your doorstep. You've really got to work to get rid of it because as I said earlier, it's going to keep you from being the best version of you possible. And I know that's what you want. I know that you want to be the best version of you that you can be. Why would you not want that? Why would you want to wind up at the end of your life and realize there were these gifts and talents and even experiences that you had and you didn't use them? And one of the reasons was that you let guilt keep you down. You know, as I say, down on that mat with your beast of guilt on top of you, whispering in your ear and screaming in your face, all sorts of lies and, and garbage. So... What you've got to do is decide today that you're going to no longer live in guilt. And I'll talk about, I think, let me get into these, these four strategies and I'll talk a little bit later on about um, some of the reasons. So I'm going to come wrap this thing up with some of the reasons that we hang on to guilt. The first strategy, though, is I want you to stop beating yourself up. Now, that might seem sort of elementary in regards to what we're talking about, but guilt really does have a very powerful hold over us. I told you I felt guilty for 13 years. And even after my daughter was murdered in 2016, that familiar beast of guilt came back to visit me. And I was very tempted to grab a hold of it again. I mean, it, it seemed like it would help my heartbreak. It seemed that somehow it would repair this hole in my heart if I could grab some guilt and feel responsibility for it. Of course, that wasn't the case. And, and because I've learned to let go of guilt, I didn't. I had already gotten rid of all of the potential guilt that could have piled on to me. So I didn't let that happen. But it, trust me, the guilt beast wants a piece of you and he will come back every chance he gets. So, you know, back to my situation, my living in guilt never, ever helped Jamie to get clean. 
right? It never did anything to help her. It never did anything to better the situation. And I'm going to guess that whatever it is you're beating yourself up over hasn't helped the situation one bit. And as we already talked about, it's hurting you. So the first thing to do is to just let go of that white knuckle grip that you have on guilt and and make that decision to stop beating yourself up. It'll take a little time and practice, but you can do this. The second thing is to use the F word. And the F word that people are very familiar with, that one may feel good for a few nanoseconds. I don't know, maybe for a half a day if you really, you know, get into that mindset. But the F word I'm talking about is forgiveness. And let me tell you, this one's powerful and it can last a lifetime and really benefit you forever. So the second tip I want to give you is to forgive yourself because feeling guilty has something to do with something you did. So you have to forgive yourself or something you think you did. Whatever it is, you've got to confess it to God. He's already forgiven you if, if you've already confessed it. So it's kind of like uh, probably a bunch of annoying noise to him when you keep asking for forgiveness over and over for the same thing. As long as you don't repeat the behavior, then forgive yourself. You know, God forgave you. So I remember saying to myself one day, who do you think you are, Valerie? My goodness, God's already forgiven you and you can't forgive yourself. Who do you think you are? Like something bigger than God? I mean, it's ridiculous. So stop beating yourself up and forgive yourself. So let me tell you, first of all, let me go back a little. How are those different? Forgiving yourself and beating yourself up. Beating yourself up is typically your words, your thoughts, you know, the things that you're saying, the things that you're saying about yourself. You know, you're calling yourself an idiot. You're blaming yourself. You're telling people how guilty you are. That's beating yourself up. Forgiving yourself is really getting into the the heart of the matter, into your soul and really releasing this. The third one is to use the F word again, and that's to forgive someone else. Now, this is kind of interesting because at first you might think to yourself that that doesn't make sense. If you're feeling guilty, you should be hanging on to something you did. So how would forgiving somebody else play into this? Well, the reason is, is that if the guilt is tied to somebody else, you need to forgive them possibly before you can forgive yourself. That's the way it was for me with Jamie. And it, I mean, it was key, my friends. It was really key in me letting go of the guilt that I felt, even though it was, you know, wrong guilt. It wasn't reality. Um, but it, what really helped me to do that, it was very twisted, wasn't it? A twisted sense of guilt. But in order for me to let go of that, I first had to forgive Jamie. So I forgave her for everything. I gave her for all the lies and the deceit and not showing up and not fighting hard enough. And the list goes on and on and on. So I, when I forgave her, it really helped me to forgive myself. And I think that's going to be the case for some of you is that you're going to need, need to forgive somebody else. Now, listen, if we were talking about just the F word, I'd be telling you to forgive everybody for everything. So I may as well just go ahead and mention that. But in regard to this third strategy, this is really for you to forgive that one person, you know, that's causing you all of this stress and, um, and causing you to hang on to your own guilt. The fourth strategy is to make changes. If your guilt is due to your actions or behaviors and you really don't like the way things are going, this is the great news. You can change. You don't have to remain the the same way. You don't have to stay covered in guilt. You don't have to keep making those decisions that keep you repeating the same actions that have you trapped in guilt. You don't have to keep thinking the same way. You don't have to keep speaking the same words. 
You have power over this. The, the truth of the matter is there are very few things in this life that we have complete control over. We really don't have control over so much of our lives. However, we do have control over ourselves. We have control over the um, the words that we use and the the attitude we have, the mindset that we choose. These are all choices. So that's the cool thing. If you don't like what has gone on in the past, first of all, let's go back to the first one. Stop beating yourself up over it. And the second one, forgive yourself because you can't do anything about the past. I don't care how many mistakes you've made. I don't care how many stupid choices you've made. It doesn't matter what decisions, what poor decisions, who you've hurt, none of that. I'm not saying it doesn't matter in that, you know, nobody cares. Of course, you know, it matters. What I mean is in regards to the fact that you can't change the past, you can't, you absolutely can't. The only thing you could do is go, is go and apologize to somebody, or like I said, ask for forgiveness from God, but you cannot change the past and carrying it with you doesn't help. So change, you know, make changes for, for the, the present and for the future. Now, back to what I said earlier, the reason that some of you are holding on to guilt is that it's, first of all, it's a way of punishing yourself. So you're going to, you feel so badly about this that you're going to keep punishing yourself. It is like your lifetime penance for something you've done. And I want you to think about how crazy that is. I mean, people get convicted of murder and don't go to prison for the rest of their life. I mean, that's a whole nother story. Don't get me going on that one. But I mean, you're giving yourself a life sentence for what purpose, to what end? But that is somehow how you think that you're going to, you know, pay back God, yourself, whomever you've hurt, whatever the situation is, you're somehow feeling like that's a good payback. My friend, I'm here to tell you that's a ridiculous payback. So it's time for you to just really, really use these strategies and, and let go of that because that um, flogging yourself for the rest of your life is, is really not helping anybody. And I'm telling you that it is hurting everybody because of what I said earlier, you're not going to go out and be the best version of you. You're not going to shine that light as brightly as you should if you're feeling guilty and feeling, you know, self-condemnation and feeling low about yourself. Another reason that we hang on to guilt often, it definitely in the case of somebody, if you have, say, some a loved one that's heading in a wrong direction or is in a very bad place, like with my daughter, Jamie, I think that one of the reasons that I kept hanging on to the guilt, because in my head, I knew all of this. I mean, I knew that, that it was ridiculous. In my head, I knew that. But in my heart, it was kind of a way of me not having to place the blame on her. Because I felt as if I kept some kind of control over the situation, which, let me go back, false sense of control. I never had control in the first place. If I kept some sort of false sense of control over this situation, then I wouldn't have to let it go to her. I wouldn't have to let her be responsible for the situation, which was the fact of the matter. But I could somehow, you know, have this, you know, false grip on the situation. Also, I wouldn't have to be angry with her. If I could just feel guilty about it, then I wouldn't have to be angry with her. So let me tell you what happened. When I forgave her, I stopped being angry. I actually, when I was not forgiving Jamie, I was feeling angry. It was when I forgave her and forgave myself that I let go of all the anger. So this turned out actually actually to be the key to everything. And while 
you know, you could say to yourself, well, look what happened. She ended up murdered. Whether or not Jamie ended up murdered had zero to do with whether or not I carried around guilt. And so that's what you, whatever you need, your situation is. I want you to just use these concepts that I'm using and the example that I'm setting here with regard to my situation. Yours is obviously very different, but you can still apply the same perspectives to your situation. Because, I mean, I mean this with all of my heart. You are a one-of-a-kind, unique person, and the world is waiting for you. They're waiting for you to stand up and fight and become the best version of yourself. And let me give you one last thing to think about on this guilt thing. If it really is over something that you've done or behaviors, or maybe you've behaved a certain way for a long period of time, and you're concerned that nobody's going to forget, well, here's some good news for you, my friend. We tend to be what-have-you-done-for-me-lately people, right? People tend to think about, focus on, and are affected by what we've done most recently. Trust me on this. You change. Use that fourth strategy and change. Just turn the corner and head in another direction. And over time, people will forget what you've done and they will forgive you. And if they don't, then that's on them. Those are my four strategies to help you stop feeling guilty. I hope they help you. If this podcast is helping you, please share it. Don't keep it a secret. I'd love for you to go to ValerieSilvera.com and check into my other resources, coaching, speaking, my really awesome books. I'm here to serve you, to help you because I believe in you. And because I've gone through such a difficult road, I want to use it. I am using it. I believe in taking pain and using it for purpose. Give up the guilt that's holding you back from being confident and self-assured, from shining that light, from getting out there and being all that you are meant to be. Your story matters, so live it courageously. Mm -hmm.